0: Good morning, y'all. This is Dana from DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services and Financial Aid Compliance Solutions. I'd like to welcome you into this morning's show and thank you so much for your support. Um, we have, or I shouldn't well, the podcast, I should say, has um, exceeded over 814 downloads. Um, and this has been a project near and dear to my heart to provide as much information as I can um, to all of you and others uh, regarding how the financial aid system works uh, here in the U.S. Um, I know the main reason why I uh, started this was because of the fact that when I went to college many years ago uh didn't have a lot of direction. I just walked into the uh, finance or college. I should say that I was enrolling at at the time. It was a business school, and uh, I uh, filled out the enrollment. And then I was shuttled off. Yet admissions, and then I was shuttled off into fi- the financial aid department. Was asked to fill out this form, um, which I understood was a financial aid application. Uh, but the process itself was not explained to me. It, it wasn't broken down about the award letter. It wasn't broken down uh, with regards to uh, how much I actually received in aid. Um, everything was just handed to me in paper form once everything had gone through the system, the department system. And uh, I was asked to come and sign a check. Uh, I had no idea that I was allowed to get personal expenses from that check. Um, And at the time, I was actually working a total of three jobs um, and uh, trying to afford going to college uh, and going part-time. Today's show, I wanted to go over uh, some comments that I saw on a post that Federal Student Aid had um, put out regarding completing the 2022-2023 FAFSA, which became available on October 1st. A lot of the comments on uh, the Facebook post um, coming from students and their parents, uh, I will just say, were negative, uh, that apparently the system is not working um, efficiently. and so they were looking uh for uh some guidance if you will and i did not see a federal student aid representative um online to answer those questions so i put myself out there as um, a, a resource to help answer those questions as best as i can now i work in financial aid i literally uh have a day job, <laughs> and I review um, quite a few uh, financial aid applications uh, that have been processed mainly for technical and career uh, colleges. Uh, most of my students are cosmetologists, statisticians, massage therapists. Uh, I used to have a truck driving school, which now uh, with the supply chain backup, uh, we really need um, that the truck driving school out there to um, get those students uh, trained in out into the workforce. But I also uh, work with a number of uh, schools that um, are business schools themselves. Uh, one of them in particular is located up here in, in Maine. Uh, and so... And there's other schools that I I work with as well, I should say, in Texas and also in uh, Louisiana. There's uh, schools that I service in uh, Florida, Arkansas, and also in California, Oregon. Uh, So I just, in Montana. So I just, I want to let you know that that what I do on a, a regular basis to provide you information for this show, I'm literally using from my own personal experiences when I'm reviewing these applications. So getting back to the issues with the 22, 2023 um, FAFSA completion and uh, with the department system, I just wanna point out, and I'm not making excuses for the department, I am just putting out there that the new form for the up-and-coming award year, is a totally revamped form. And the programmers, the IT programmers at the department had to rewrite the system uh, or program for the system so that it would be able to uh, accept the new application. Now, I don't know if y'all know this or not, so I'm gonna share a little bit of tech uh, information with you. Every question on the FAFSA, except with the name, the address, date of birth, then the numbers have, as far as family members go, when they ask you your family members, how many are attending college, uh, your income tax information, income earned from work information, and this is all applicable for 2020, for the 2022, 2023 fafsa all have a numerical value in order to be able to calculate your eligibility based on the student on the, uh, the the system the department system scale so that determines whether or not you uh and it's called an efc it's it's estimated family contribution and i do know that that's changing uh down the road but for right now that's how we get the calculation to determine your eligibility through the department system so having said all that anybody nowadays who who work in an industry dealing with IT programs and online programs know that when you launch a program it doesn't work half the time the way you intended it to work. You can test it as much as you want in the test mode, but once it goes live, you, you never know what's gonna happen. So the other part of this is in working out the kinks, you have to remember this launched on October 1st. Today is October 15th. And like I said, I am not trying to make excuses for the Department of Education. I'm just trying to, uh, bring a little light on this situation and in a world where we expect everything to work instantaneously it just isn't going to happen the other issue we have and this came out in a recent um, article uh, from nasfa and for those of you that may not know what nasfa is nasfa is a national association of student financial aid administrators it's a collective group of of financial aid administrators like myself who, uh, are constantly, um, working with the department of education, secretary Cardona, um, and his staff and trying to better the, the system. I will say, um, it, NASPA also is a great resource not just for financial aid administrators, but it's also a great resource for students and their parents as well, uh, to be able to um, gain information on what is actually going on in the background. And I'm gonna put out there uh, that uh, as a reminder that if you are a US taxpayer, uh, parent, uh, student who is a taxpayer if you are a u.s taxpayer i I just want to reiterate that secretary cardona is an employee of ours president biden is an employee of ours same with the vice president same with nancy pelosi same with chuck schumer All of those individuals that are sitting in the White House supposedly doing work for us, we are their employers. So let's just make sure that we all understand that. And the money that they are determining on where it goes for certain programs is our money, the money that gets taken out of our paychecks. Or if we run small businesses, the money that we have to pay in taxes, that money is being utilized by students and it's and and the reason why I'm going down this little path with, with you today is to kind of just give you an overview to let you know that you have a say you have a voice as a taxpayer you have a voice is what's going on and if you don't like what's going on you can lend your voice and I just wanna make sure that everybody knows that it's not just when you go to the voting booth that you're lending your voice. So again, if you don't like what's going on, you need to call and con- or email your employee, which is your state representative and senators to let them know your displeasure. And you can even email directly the White House. You just go to whitehouse.gov, go to contact us, and there's a section that you can fill out and you can go ahead and voice, make your voice heard, okay? So I just wanna put that out there. So getting back to the US Department of Education, we got quite a bit of stuff going on right now. And um, with the issue with the FAFSA, I've got a couple of options for you if you're having problems with the website not working. One of the options is, is that you can literally Print off the PDF version of the FAFSA, fill it out by hand. There's an address to mail it to and submit it via snail mail. Now, I know that that's not the most ideal solution in these times, if you will, uh, where everybody wants to use everything electronic. But if the website's not working and that's an option, I highly suggest that you utilize it. At least you're getting yourself partway through the system. Now, having said that, I am also going to share with you, as I was going to a little earlier, uh, in a recent NASA article, uh, there is an, an employee uh, shortage, if you will, at the Department of Education. And the Department of Education doesn't just um, reside in uh, Washington, DC. It also, um, there's a branch in Iowa where it's called central processing system, where all the applications run through that is where your applications will go. If you mail them. Um, and so I just, I want to put it out there that, you know, just like everybody else in the United States right now, there is a shortage of workers. And, uh, so I want, I want to just put it out there. I think also, um, part of the comments that I saw on that Facebook post, Uh, that I was referring to with the issues of the website. Um, There's linkage issues going on too that have been announced from the department uh, between the IRS um, pulling in the correct amount because what happened was in order to get your stimulus check, there were individuals that completed tax returns uh, to get themselves into the system. And those tax returns that were processed to get them into the system, those folks that are now going to school and trying to pull in that information, some of the information is is coming in not accurate. For example, there's just a gross coming in as a dollar, which uh, they know is not accurate. So things are being worked on in the background, but again, there are employee shortages, and uh, so just one of the ways that you would be able to uh, go ahead and, and submit your application would be by paper form. Now, the other option I, I can provide you with, and I don't know if this will make it any better for you if you really want to fill it out online, is to go to the uh, alternative times during the day. So earlier in the morning or late in the evening, you could try that. Again, I I don't know if that's gonna fix or help anybody, but it's just a thought that I had um, out there. So um, you may wanna try try that. So having said that, um, that's where we stand right now with the 2022-2023 FAFSA completion. Again, it's October 15th, so we do have time to work the kinks out. Um, But I I do want to make sure that everybody is aware of kind of what's going on in the background there. The other item that I wanted to discuss today, and this is a very important item that's going on, is as uh, we all know, uh, there is a big push for legislation to be passed. And it's two bills that President Biden is trying to get passed. One is the Build Back Better plan, I believe, is the new name for it now. And then there's um, the other one is, in. I just lost my train of thought, and I apologize for that. But the other one um, has to do with with the uh, budget. So there's two plans together is what I'm trying to say. And um, I want to welcome in, I think it's Vidute. Uh, Vidute, thank you for... For listening and, and coming in on the podcast, and uh, I see that you're from India, so so welcome in. A um, so going going forward with the uh, bills that the uh, current administration is trying to pass. Within those bills, there there are several pieces of uh, legislation that, if passed. Are going to in, increase uh, taxes on the middle class and also on the lower class. It, it is what it is, and uh, as you all know, with the gas prices going up right now, we got a supply chain chain issue. We have uh, issues going on with um, food uh, inflation. Um, Right now, everything is going up, and what is happening um, with these this legislation is is that um, the the, the uh, student loan debt is becoming uh, part of that package, if you will. And I just want to um, share with you a little bit of information that came in. Uh, again, from NASFA, they're reporters. And uh, one of the pieces that I had referenced uh, earlier today in a LinkedIn post that I put out, and you can find that under my name, Dana Anderson, is regarding um, tactics that are being used by 15 Democratic House members that want President Biden and Secretary Cardona to um, basically procure a memo outlining the authority to cancel student loan debt for millions of borrowers. Now, we have to remember that student loans are funded by taxpayer money. And when a student takes out loans and and their parents too, they sign what is called a promissory note which is a promise to pay back the money the student loan money that was received to uh, pay for their college education and what has been happening with the department currently is is that we have no accountability on the applications that are currently being processed for the 2021-2022 award year okay so the 2021-2022 award year began on July 1st, and that's when we were allowed to start processing the actual money uh, to go into students' accounts at the specified colleges or in higher education institutions that they were attending. On July 13th, we were told as financial aid the administrators an announcement came down from Secretary Cardona that we were no longer allowed to review the applications that were selected for review meaning that the information was accurate the income earned from work the number of family members in living in the home the number of uh, family members going to college uh whether or not the 20000 i'm sorry 2019 tax information income earned from work or other untaxed information was completed accurately. We're no longer allowed to review that. And we know for a fact that there are files that are going through right now that are wrong. And because of that, the calculation for eligibility is not accurate, which means that students could be getting money that they don't Uh, that they are not eligible for technically because the information is wrong, which means that if it was corrected, it could be a higher calculation, okay? So on top of that, on September 2nd, there was an announcement that was made that there was a bunch of regeneration of applications because in the state of California, there were 66,000 fake applications processed. And as of today, it's being investigated, but it still hasn't been announced whether or not any money, US taxpayer money was dispersed on these fake files, but yet still we're not allowed to check the information. And when they re-ran these applications, what they had us do was put them in a status where the, um, put it in a status where the applicant now had to be confirmed as a high school completion, has a, their high school completion status had to be confirmed, and also they had to fill out an identity and statement of educational purpose, but we again weren't allowed to confirm the family members or the accuracy on the uh, tax information or income earned from work and now they're trying to push that for the new award year as well so not only do we not check ability to pay on the applications for students that are enrolling in in, and filing for financial aid but they're also not permitting us to check the accuracy now in this united states if you go to a bank and you want to request money for a loan you need to fill out a loan application and part of that loan application is is you need to be a u.s citizen in applying for financial aid you don't have to be a u.s citizen you could be an eligible non-citizen but just because you're an eligible non-citizen doesn't mean you're actually a taxpayer that's paying into the system In if you go to a bank and you fill out that loan application the loan officer is going and the underwriters are going to be re, for the bank are going to be reviewing the accuracy of your application they're also going to pull your credit report they're also going to check your ability to repay and make the determination on whether or not you are going to be able to receive that loan money that you're requesting and that you are promising that you can pay back okay so the United States Department of Education is a financial lender financial institution that lends money, taxpayer dollars, it's federally funded, where banks are not federally, technically federally funded. They are federally insured, but they're not federally funded, okay? So you have, uh, again, the U.S. Department of Education that is federally funded by U.S. taxpayer money, but they don't check the accuracy on the applications currently, and they do not, Check ability to pay, which could be the reason why we have $1.59 trillion in student loan debt that is currently on hold due to the coronavirus pandemic emergency declaration that was signed into legislation on March 13th of 2020. And those loans were supposed to go back into repayment. And if I'm not correct on this first date, I apologize, but I believe it was July 31st of 2021 was the first date that they were supposed to go into repayment. That was then extended to September 30th of 2021. And yet again, extended to January 31st of 2022. And as of today, we have had three major loan servicers drop out and not renew their contract with the Department of Education And we do not have a repayment plan that's been presented to us to start the loans going back into repayment. Instead, 15 Democrats have decided that they want the president and Secretary Cardona to write off that whole amount of money. $1.59 $1.59 trillion. Now, originally during the campaign, it was $50,000 per student debt, loan debt. That That's what they were going for. And then the president said during his campaign that no, 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 we're not gonna do that. I might do $10,000 per student loan. So I'm gonna read you a little bit of an excerpt of an article. That was written by Owen Doherty, who's a NASFA staff reporter, that states entitled Progressives Press Biden Cardona on Student Debt Forgiveness Memo. President Joe Biden and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona have been put on notice by a group of 15 Democratic House members to procure a memo outlining their authority to cancel student loan debt for millions of borrowers. In a letter sent to Biden in Cardona last week, the group of lawmakers led by representatives Ilhan Omar, Democrat of Minnesota, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democratic of New, I'm sorry, Democrat of New York, urged them to release a long-awaited memo Biden requested in February to determine his authority to broadly cancel student debt through administrative action. The letter calls for the public release of the memo by no later than October 22, 2021. More than eight months since the memo was first requested by the White House and more than six months since White House Chief Staff Ron Klain said that it was expected in a matter of weeks. With only four months of pandemic forbearance left, borrowers are anxiously awaiting the administration's actions, the letter states. The time has come to release the memo and cancel the debt. I'm sorry cancel student debt so I'd like to also uh, reference that in this memo in in the article goes on um, but I, I as far as time um, goes with the podcast uh, I want to make sure that um, I also leave a little bit of time to just um, let y'all know that this article I have shared um, again on my LinkedIn page and also embedded in the article is the actual letter that was written on October 8th uh, to President Biden and, and Secretary Cardona. And it, I, I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs from the letter that says, Dear President Biden and Secretary Cardona, we write to urge the release to the public by October 22nd, 2021, the memo that President Biden requested from the Department of Education to determine the extent of the administration's authority to broadly cancel student loan debt for administrative action. Now, um, on April 1st, 2021, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain said that this memo would be released in a matter of weeks. And then with over six months having passed since the interview and only four months of the pandemic for parents left, borrowers are anxiously awaiting the administration's actions The time has come to release the memo and cancel the student debt. Decades ago, Congress voted to authorize the executive branch to cancel federal student loans. Federal student loan can be canceled with the flick of your pen. This authority is already being put to use as it is currently being used to cancel the interest owed on all federally held student loans. Now is the time for you to honor your campaign pledge and use the authority to cancel all student debt. Now I'm gonna stop right there And I just want to make sure that everybody understands, again, these folks that are writing this letter work for the American taxpayer, okay? To cancel that debt, that will put a burden on the American taxpayer and increase your taxes. When they say that these bills that they're trying to pass right now are not going to cost any money, no economist in the world believes what they're saying right now so i just want to make sure that everybody understands that when it comes to this legislation that they're trying to pass they're trying to embed the student loans as well okay You need to contact your representatives, and you need to contact your senators, and you need to tell them and voice your opinion on this matter because this is a matter that we are going to have to pay for. As American taxpayers, we are going to have to pay for this. Your future generations are going to have to pay for this. So I just want to, again, make sure everybody's educated and knowing what is happening. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm not telling you what to do as far as thinking-wise. I'm I'm just wanting to make sure that everybody understands what what is going on with our, our system and that we do have a voice and don't just throw up your hands and say, well, my voice isn't going to make a difference because it will. We're America. This is what we were founded on, freedom of speech. Even though right now, sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Uh, so having said all that, I just want to thank you all again for for coming in and listening to the show. Vid, you, you rock. I, I I really appreciate you um, supporting me. And um, for those of you that are looking for to contact me on social media, my LinkedIn page is under my name, Dana Anderson. It's spelled D-A-I-N-A. Last name is A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. If I'm on Facebook and I do have a actual page for DAS Financially Consulting Services. You can go in and, and find that page. And this is where I provide the information as well. Uh, and on under Facebook, my name is Dana Anderson uh, Sharples. That's my personal page. Um, but unless you put something, if you want to friend me, unless you put that you know me somehow, I will not... accept your friend request so it i would recommend that you put in let's talk financial aid for college um that you listen to my podcast and then we can uh become friends but otherwise i'm not looking to to uh be friends with with folks that to be honest with you that that i don't know um so I, I, I don't want to end up in a spam situation or, or something like that. So just putting it out there. But I, but I, I greatly appreciate all your support. Um, and if you have any questions or, or you're looking for some information um, or assistance with financial aid, just uh, also feel free to send me um, an email address, danderson at com. And with having said that, again, I thank you all very much for your support. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I will be talking to you soon. Take care.